Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, friends, and thanks for joining me this week. My name is Laura Adams, and I'm a personal finance expert and author who's been hosting the Money Girl podcast since 2008. I'm so glad you're with me. And I also want to mention that if you're building a business or you want to earn more income, I hope you'll grab a copy of my most recent title. That book is called Money Smart Solopreneur, a personal finance system for freelancers, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. It was a number one Amazon new release, and it's available everywhere books are sold as a paper paperback, ebook, or audiobook. The mission for this show, and it's also my personal mission, is to help you get the knowledge and motivation to prioritize your finances, build wealth, and have more security and less stress. So I would love for you to subscribe to the show if you haven't done that already. Or maybe you could participate by sending me your money questions or comments. You can leave a message 24-7 on our voicemail line at 302 364-0308. You can also email me using my contact page at lauradadams.com or connect with me on Instagram at lauradadams. All right, today's show was inspired by a listener question that I received, and it's all about being a personal representative and dealing with family issues after someone dies. It's a really, you know, it's a tough topic, and it's an important one. And the question really hit home with me because my father died recently, and my family is dealing with his estate and the probate court right now, even though he had a will. Handling an estate can be complicated and even more stressful because you're simultaneously dealing with your grief for the loved one. The estate and probate laws vary significantly depending on the state where you die, but you typically are allowed plenty of time to complete the necessary paperwork. However, depending on the size of the estate and any outstanding legal issues, going through probate can take over a year. So it's wise to get started on it as soon as you're ready to face it. In a lot of cases, you need the advice of an attorney, and maybe you need to hire one just to simply navigate the probate court. So to talk about this, I interviewed Lauren Blair. She's an attorney, a writer, and a litigation expert with freeadvice.com. She's been practicing law for more than 25 years. She's got a great article titled Personal Representative Duties, What Are They? And I'll link to that in the show notes. That article covers frequently asked questions about being named a personal representative. It's also called an executor or executrix. And they're just great tips that everyone should know. I thought I'd have her on the show to talk about some of the information in that article, 
and to answer the listener question that came in. Uh, So I hope that you will stay with me and listen to the interview. We cover some often complex legal responsibilities and jargon that, you know, most of us are going to have to deal with after the death of a family member or a friend. Some of the topics that we cover in the interview are explaining legal jargon of family and estate issues, what essential emergency documents you need to stay safe. We talk about tips for avoiding the probate court when possible. We cover why life insurance death benefits don't have to go through probate what to do if you get named as someone's personal representative for their will, whether you could get named as an executor without knowing it. And we talk about resources for learning more about estate planning. So without further ado, here is my interview with Lauren. Lauren, I am so excited to have you on the Money Girl podcast. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. It's such a privilege. The topic of estates has become super relevant for me since my father died a few months ago. I'm sorry to hear that. So we're dealing with probate and legal things that, you know, you don't have to deal with in life until there's a family tragedy. And I've recently heard from several podcast listeners who are going through a similar process. And since I'm not an attorney, I wanted to have you on to chat about family and estate issues and how to prepare for them. And so if it's okay with you, I want to start out by addressing a a listener question and see how you would advise this person. Yeah, these are important topics and a fact of life. So I'm happy to help in any way I can. I love it. Okay, so here's the question. She says, hello, Laura, I'm writing because my father recently passed away and I became the executor of his will. My father was married to my stepmother when she left him in June 2020 because she didn't want to take care of him anymore. He was suffering from dementia. They were living in El Paso, and we filed for a partition agreement, which is like a legal separation in Texas. I had his power of attorney and took care of all the bills and was also named his executor. Later, I realized how unprepared I was for the job of being an executor. I think it would be so helpful if you would explore in an upcoming podcast about preparing to care for elderly parents and what to expect if you have to take over their estate. It's certainly been an eye-opener. Thanks so much. Cayenne M. So, Lauren, this is probably a very common issue where folks get thrown into managing an estate. I'd love for you to define some of these terms. First, what exactly is an estate? What is an executor or personal representative? What does all this mean? There's a lot of legalese, and it is a challenging time for anyone to go through um, emotionally, and family dynamics are all different. And then having to deal with a very legal, oftentimes complicated situation with probate is a lot of people are not prepared. And even those who are prepared, it still is challenging. So I would definitely say, Overall, make sure you you get resources, trusted resources, and that's not just legal and financial, but also make sure you have a, a support group because it can be a challenging time. Getting to the legal part of it, an estate is really what you own. It can be real property, houses, homes. It can be personal property, money in the bank, stocks, bonds, other assets, and when you die in a state is also includes 
debt as well. So it's your whole picture financially that a person has when they die. A personal representative is is a person. It can also be an entity like a bank, but they typically charge fees. So a person or an entity is appointed to handle the estate of a deceased person. And so that personal representative has the power and the responsibility to distribute assets, to pay debts, and to otherwise properly manage the estate through probate. Now, your listener, I think she said she was the executor of the will, but a personal executive, a personal representative can look different depending on if a deceased person has a will or not. If a person dies with a will, then there's an executor to that estate. If a person dies without a will or the will is challenged and found to be invalid, then that estate still goes through probate, but the person who manages it, the personal representative is called an administrator, not an executor. That's just a technical term for some of your listeners who may say, well, I I had this duty, but there was no will. That's possible. A personal representative can also be appointed by courts when there's a need for a guardian of somebody who's either elderly or incapacitated. So that's something to think about as you're preparing for these things. That's some of the legal mumbo jumbo. That's super helpful. So in other words, you're saying basically everyone who dies has an estate. It's not just something for, quote unquote, wealthy people. Absolutely right. I think the term estate sounds like something grand, but actually it's just a legal term, meaning the things that you leave behind when you die. And for most of us, we're going to leave something, if not lots of things behind. So it's really a matter of whether you want to be in charge of how those assets get distributed by having a will or whether you leave it up to the state to handle your affairs. So I'm sure that you would encourage everybody to have a will. And there are other key documents we may need, like a living will. Can you explain the difference between those? Probate is a statutory process, so it will depend on state law. I think for anyone who really wants to know the distinction between a living will and a typical will that comes into effect after you die versus trust instruments should really seek you know, legal counsel in that in their jurisdiction, because I don't want to give a definition that might be valid in Illinois where I am, but not in Texas or Colorado or wherever else your your listeners um, may be. I will just say that there are lots of trust and estate tools out there, and some of them will not go through the probate process, like trusts, um, certain trusts you can set up so those assets avoid probate, which as you indicated can have fees. Creditors come to collect on assets of a deceased person through the probate process as well. So again, to your point, it's very important for people to have a will or trusts, living wills, whatever tools they want to use so that they can dictate how their assets are handled and make sure the people that they want to benefit from their assets and property receive that. Um, Another instrument that can avoid probate is life insurance. A lot of people don't know that. And I, you know, I'm sure there are listeners who wonder about life insurance as a vehicle for estate planning. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, 
and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah, the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. So you're saying the beneficiary of a life insurance policy gets the death benefit and any additional cash value that may be in that policy directly without it getting lumped into the deceased estate. Is that how we should think about it? That is absolutely true as long as a beneficiary is named. And what your listeners should understand is they should also have a contingent beneficiary or contingent beneficiaries lined up because if the beneficiary predeceases dies before the person who's uh, you know set up the life insurance those assets will go into probate and will be subject to creditors and may not go to the loved ones who you wanted to receive those life insurance proceeds for their support and their financial security so yes um Make sure you name a beneficiary and even go that extra step on that form that says contingent beneficiary. That's really important to fill out as well. And the reason it's preferable to avoid probate when possible is because it takes a long time and is typically an administrative hassle with lots of paperwork and even some legal bills if you need guidance uh, in order to fulfill the requirements of the probate court. Would you agree with that? I would. You know, I I have had the unfortunate privilege of going through probate myself for personal reasons. And, um, you know, it was really interesting. I don't mind sharing that there was um, there was a will, but that will was found to be invalid. And that led to a lot of unnecessary confusion. I might even add chaos, maybe a little family drama. Um, but the legal fees, right, because then the estate has a lawyer. And then the executor or administrator may also have a lawyer if their interests differ from the estates. And then beneficiaries have their lawyers. And I would encourage people, even who think that they have a will, to make sure that they pull that document out or call their lawyers and make sure that it's valid. In my case, my parent was very resourceful and probably pulled a contract, a form contract out of a, you know, 
supply store, you know, they used to have them at, at like Ace Hardware stores. And so a form contract thought it was fine. Um, and today with the internet, a lot of people get online contracts, templates, and that the internet is a good place for information, but please, with these legal documents, it is so important to make sure you go to get sound legal advice in your jurisdiction. Lauren, what should someone do if they get named as a representative or an executor or executrix for someone's will? Is there anything you can do to prepare? And could you even be named without knowing that you're named? Yes, and yes, and yes. Um, yeah, you, you, you know, I would hope that that would not happen, that somebody would have this role very serious with fiduciary legal obligations and duties to fulfill. I would hope somebody wouldn't have that surprise sprung upon them. Either way, whether, you know, you get asked and you agree or it's just thrust upon you, what I would first tell people is that it is a very serious responsibility. Not only is it time consuming and probably emotionally draining, but there are legal responsibilities that personal representative has to manage the estate. It is likely, I would certainly advise counsel, and it's likely that the court system may require a personal representative to have an attorney to help. Um, So in that case, real deal, you're really just kind of being the conduit and having to deal with the lawyer for the estate, um, signing documents, um, being apprised of what's going on. Again, an important takeaway for listeners, just practical. When I practice law, this is what I'm upfront with my clients and future clients. Legal fees are really significant. They add up very quickly. That meter is running all the time. So I don't care what you need a lawyer for. It is always important to remember you're the client and to scrutinize that bill. When you get it in the mail or in your email, don't let it sit there and say you'll deal with it later because you need to make sure that the time that you're being billed for added value. And if not, I would just encourage listeners to have that conversation and don't be afraid to say, I don't see the value for this 0.25 hour that you build um, for sending me an email. Can you take that off? That's just a little side note. It's also, I think, important for personal representatives of, of something like a probate estate where you have a lawyer that is really independent and on their own and is guaranteed to be paid by the court at the end of the day. You want to, you want to really scrutinize those fees. Fantastic. Lauren, that's great advice that will be helpful for people who are new to this topic or even in the middle of all the complexities that go on after a death in the family. While you're never truly prepared for someone's death, I think just having exposure to these terms and concepts can be super helpful when you're in shock and you're grieving. So where can we send listeners to learn more about being named as a personal representative? Absolutely. I write for freeadvice.com. And that's a great resource online to answer general questions you may have about being a personal representative, how to change a personal representative of of an estate and learning more about the types of estates. There are um, probate life insurance questions. It really is um, has a wealth of resources that your listeners can turn to if they have legal questions that they just want to get some general answers to. Terrific. Lauren, thank you so much. It was my infinite pleasure. I hope to talk with you again soon.
A big thanks again to Lauren for sharing her expertise with us. Before we go, I want to invite you again to connect with me on social media. I'm on Twitter at Laura Adams with no D in that one, Laura Adams, or on Instagram at Laura D. Adams. And lauradadams.com is my personal website where you can use my contact page and learn more about my work, books, and money courses. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with editing by Adam Cecil. Our advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen and our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.